0: Florida's Governor scientist, is saying that uh, he does not want to see mandates forcing people out of their jobs, if not in critical careers wherein the uh, possibility of spreading the virus is there. You know, it present? I mean, there are a lot of jobs that involve people being in outdoor conditions in places where the exposure to the virus is a lot less. And further, scientist points out, That there is and has been a growing number of therapeutics, Merck, Pfizer, both have come out with pill based cures essentially for handling the coronavirus and treating it under a doctor's provision and care. These prescription drugs are under trials and, in many cases, are believed to be very effective in dealing with the virus. Ability to limit fatalities and fatal cases. So, why exactly is there such a hard push, it seems, to mandate and force people onto regimes of treatment that may not be the best for them in order for them to be able to continue working? And this is where the clear critical areas are that the state of Florida and other states are suing the federal government to clarify what exactly the positions are. And so far, the state governments have won when it comes to lower courts in the federal system. It's still going to be decided as to how high up it can go, but that individuals do have rights over their own care is something that is very clear, at least as far as mandates go, when these are forced by law, wherein is a question of choice and freedom.
1: You know, this is kind of uncharted territory because we've never really had a situation uh, where this was becoming such a flashpoint, uh, that basically an individual decision was really being used to determine whether someone could keep earning a paycheck or not. Um, And so we really had to make sure that we were doing it right. And I know they had a lot of differences of opinion within their respective caucuses. uh, But I'm proud to say uh, we're going to do something in this special session that matters. We're going to do something in this special session uh, that is going to put people's minds at ease. That's going to save their jobs. Every time I'm out, someone will come up to me concerned about a looming deadline of when they could potentially uh, get a pink slip. And first of all, it's wrong if they, have, if they were to get the pink slip, but even leading up to that, it's caused a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of uncertainty with a lot of families about what's going on. And at the end of the day, we want people to be able to make informed decisions for themselves. But we've got to stop bossing people around. We've got to stop the coercion. We've got to stop trying to browbeat people. Uh, from the very beginning, you know, we said, let's not put people down, let's lift people up. And so that's what we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be saving a lot of jobs in the state of Florida. We're gonna be striking a blow for freedom. We're gonna be standing up against the Biden mandates, and we're gonna be better as a result of it. I also asked them, while you're at it, let's make sure we put all the issues we can to bed For some of the things that we've been doing. And we've been having these these fights. Unfortunately, it used to be parents were in control of their kids' health education and, and upbringing. That would not have even been controversial even ten years ago. Now you have some folks that say parents shouldn't be involved in their kids' education, and it's really the government and unions and all this that it should be. We passed the Parents' Bill of Rights in the state of Florida this year that i signed in the law. And it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. And it basically said that you know, parents you know, should be making some of these decisions. And so we made sure that for schools that that was the case. And, and we had some school districts that said they didn't care about the Parents' Bill of Rights. You know, they were going to force masking or they were going to quarantine healthy kids or do things uh, that, that are not consistent with, with parents' rights. And so what, they're, what we're going to do in this special session is we're strengthening the Parents' Bill of Rights. We're making clear that you can't force the kids to wear masks above the parents' objection, and if you do that, know it's not going to be the Department of Education taking the salaries and all this kabuki that's been going on parents will have a right to go in and sue the school districts and recover costs and attorneys fees uh, for having to do it so if your kids rights are violated or your rights as a parent you immediately go in and you're able to vindicate and so I guarantee you with having that type of teeth in the parents bill of rights you're going, to have, uh, uh, you're going to have everyone get in line. Oh, they're almost all in the line now because we've been winning all these cases. You know, it was interesting. There was one district, uh, circuit judge that ruled against us. It was a terrible decision. Everyone knew that. But that was like national news. And we've had a flurry of cases where we win all these other cases. You would be hard-pressed to even know those cases are being rendered. Not as much interest, you know, in certain quarters, uh, particularly of the corporate media, uh, about those cases. But we won yet another one uh, last week, and we have some other ones that are going to be coming down. So even with that, we've been right, but it shouldn't even come to having to do all this. It should just be very clear. So the legislature is going to make that clear. And I think that that's something that's very important. And also with respect to kids, we have it uh, in the law, you know, you know, clear, we think, but we don't want to even have any litigation or anything. So it will be made even abundant, more abundantly clear that when it comes to COVID vaccines for kids, They cannot be mandated on our school children. That's a parent's decision about whether they want to do that or not. So I'm excited. I think that we're going to really, Florida really will be leading. I think that you've seen, I think Montana did this a few months ago. And I think Tennessee recently did something. Uh, Florida's coming in and and really this is going to save the day uh, for a lot of workers. I don't want to see some nurse get thrown out of their job. Having worked throughout the whole pandemic, having cared for, for COVID patients, and most of these nurses have had COVID and do have immunity, uh, to just throw them out of their jobs all of a sudden now, you know, that's not right. And so we want to treat people with respect. We want to make sure people have dignity in Florida, and that's what we're doing here. <laughs>
0: There was a time it would be unthinkable to consider that Barack Obama is telling media companies, especially social media companies, what exactly people can say and not say online. You kind of remember, this is a guy who launched his presidential campaign on a blog and in fact uh, put out some of the first videos on Facebook and Twitter when it came to time to be active and engaged in the political space. And there were a lot of things that they said that were boundering on, or bordering on rather, the boundary of uh, truthfulness and where they'd proven to be stretches, outright lies, falsehoods. There were a lot of things that were raised in issues and groups, organizations that were put together that in fact were not presented properly during Barack Hussein Obama's Senate era, as he moved forward to become president of the United States. Remember this is a guy who, who essentially served in the Senate for a short period of time and then jumped into the White House. It was, some people say, a design campaign. Some people say almost a manufactured president. That was exactly a blend of everything. But the kind of president that could Trojan Horse come in and change things to some other form, form that we have right now that is unrecognizable, many people say, to what was before. In some areas it's a good thing, but in the vast majority of areas they touched, they ruined many parts of this country. So for him to come out and say that Disinformation, people not speaking what they should be online, is something that must be further controlled. That's something that perhaps is too old. And before they point fingers, well, maybe they should look around them. It was Obama's own former Secretary of State who funded false accusations versus her political rivals in order to abuse the system, and use federal agencies to harass political opponents. And then let's go a little bit further, and remember how the Internal Revenue Service was used to harass churches and other religious groups who had different opinions than that of the government at the time. This is not something that's made up, this happened. In fact, the government was penalized, but unfortunately, because of judges appointed at the time, not very much was done against those guilty of those accusations. That said, let's listen to what the former president has to say. And of course, as he ramps and raves about what he calls misinformation, let's remember that at one time, he was the one misinforming.
2: So let me close by being blunt. Keeping the rise in global temperatures to 1.5 degrees Celsius will not be easy. It is going to be hard. Existing political institutions move slowly, even when leaders are well-intentioned. International cooperation has always been difficult. It's made more difficult by all the misinformation and propaganda that can flood out through social media these days. Business leaders, let's face it, are typically rewarded for boosting short-term profits, not addressing major social issues. Getting people to work together on a global scale takes time, and right now, That's time we don't have. So if we're honest with ourselves, yes, this is going to be really hard. The thing we have going for us is that humanity has done hard things before. I believe we can do hard things again. Yes, the process will be messy. I guarantee you, every victory will be incomplete. We will face more setbacks. Sometimes we will be forced to settle for imperfect compromises, because even if they don't achieve everything we want, at least they advance the cause, at least they move the ball down the field. But if we work hard enough for long enough, those partial victories add up. If we push hard enough, stay focused enough, and are smart about it, those victories accelerate and they build momentum. If we listen to those who are resistant, and we take their concerns seriously, and we work with them, and we organize, and we mobilize, and we get our hands dirty in the difficulties of changing political dynamics in our countries, those victories start happening a little bit more frequently if we stay with it We will get this done. So to all the young people out there, as well as those of you who consider yourselves young at heart, I want you to stay angry. I want you to stay frustrated. But channel that anger, harness that frustration. Keep pushing harder and harder for more and more. Because that's what's required to meet this challenge. Gird yourself for a marathon, not a sprint. For solving a problem this big, this complex, and this important has never happened all at once. Since we're In the Emerald Isles here, let me quote the Bard, William Shakespeare. What wound, he writes, did ever heal but by degrees. Our planet has been wounded by our actions. Those wounds won't be healed today or tomorrow or the next. But they can be healed, by degrees. And if we start with that spirit, if each of us can fight through the occasional frustration and dread, if we pledge to do our part and then follow through on those commitments, I believe we can secure a better future. We have to. And what a profound and noble task to set for ourselves. I'm ready for the long haul if you are. So let's get to work. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you.
0: Well, that's all for me for now. As we leave you with this, a group of Republican legislators, senators, and congressmen. Well, no, they're not singing that song. (laughs) Well, they might be. But exactly, they're raising their opinion and calling for one thing. resignation of President Biden. Very clear, very loud. And we leave you with that this Tuesday morning from New York. I'm Mike of New York. This is Mike K. Cohen.
3: On a day when we have thousands of Americans still trapped in Afghanistan, Uh, Nancy Pelosi calls us back to further indebt our nation and increase taxes on its citizens. Where are their priorities? Their priorities should be with the Americans who are trapped. We need to get them out. We need to stand by our allies in Afghanistan. And we need this president to resign. He has proven that he is incompetent and he's incapable of leading this nation. He's endangering our citizens and he certainly is endangering uh, us on a world stage. So it is time
4: for him to go. Thank you. Look, I, uh, I made multiple trips to Afghanistan during my time on active duty. I walked around that hospital at Bagram, and I saw the consequences of what was going on. I saw the sacrifice that took place. I saw people that would never come home to their families again because they died on foreign soil. I saw people that lost their arms, their legs. That gave incredible, that paid an incredible price for what was going on over there. We've betrayed these people now. When I say we, I mean the Biden administration has betrayed these people. We've let, we've, we've, We've betrayed all that they worked so hard for, and I I will tell you, I'll speak as a doctor right now, a doctor that serves on the Armed Services Committee, a doctor that served in in the war on both Iraq and Afghanistan, and I'll tell you right now, That we need a commander in chief. We do not have a commander in chief, and we've not had one from the beginning here. I know I hear people say all the time. They're like, "There'll be time for finger pointing later." We need to figure out what needs to happen next right now, and I agree with that. But you know what? We are at the very beginning of this crisis that Biden has created. He cannot handle it. He is not prepared for this. He is not cognitively fit to be our commander in chief right now. That's being evidence every single day more and more. We need him, and we need his team to resign. We need them to let somebody else step up to the plate and lead this operation. Somebody who has the will and the cognitive ability to make this happen and is competent in doing so. We need a commander in chief. Thank you.
3: America, I am sad. And I am pissed. Too many Americans have died at the hands of terrorists. Too many of our soldiers have given their all, while our so called commander in chief has been silent when he does get dragged out of bed for a press conference. He can't even utter words. We cannot afford to continue to go down this path where the Taliban calls the shots and sleepy, sluggish Joe. Acts like their little puppet he needs to resign now the world needs America to have real leadership and if he refuses to resign we will take action. Kamala and Nancy can follow him out the dang door. They've shown weakness and have totally left our soldiers and our citizens to die at the hands of terrorist Taliban savages. To our veterans and our soldiers, I need you to know that there are millions of us who have your back. God protect our soldiers. God bless America. We need it so bad right now. America, Joe Biden needs to resign. Kamala and Nancy can follow him out the freaking door. Too many Americans have sacrificed everything. Too many Americans have died. This failed leadership has to end. The path, the disgusting path that they are taking us down has to be stopped now. We don't need to wait for the videos of beheadings to come our way. Please keep our brave American military in your hearts, your minds, and in your prayers during this time. And stay tuned as I prepare to take steps available to me as a United States Congresswoman to bring real leadership back to America and back to the world. God bless you and thank you for your support and your prayers. In My this fellow time.
5: Americans, the heart of our nation is broken tonight. Americans, the bravest, most courageous among us, lay dead in the streets of Kabul today. They were spouses, parents, family members, American patriots. They had hopes and they had dreams. They were truly the best among us. But even as the world reels and even as we grieve, the United States stands strong. Our freedom remains intact. But it remains intact because there are hundreds of thousands of service members who are just as brave and just as ready to pay the ultimate price. But though we stand strong today, it is incumbent upon we the people to be vanguards of our republic and take steps to save American lives. In times of trial and hardship when it seems our government has failed us, we turn to our leaders for answers. We demand accountability because that's innately American. Inaction and indecisiveness have defined our politics for far too long. The hallmark reaction of far too many leaders today has been to roll over and surrender. To do nothing. Those days are over. This is not a time for impassioned speeches followed by no action. With that in mind, when I look to our commander-in-chief, I do not see someone who maliciously makes poor decisions. And yet today we witness devastating heartbreak American carnage is a direct result of his inept and incompetent actions. Joe Biden does not simply have a pattern of poor decision making. His mental decline is on full display. Our enemies know it. Americans have witnessed it. His disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal proves even further. Our executive is in crisis. President Biden's physical inability to lead is not a political talking point. It is a demonstrable fact. Our president is not mentally fit to serve as president of these United States. I truly believe that he is unable to discharge the duties of the office he holds. That is why today, I sent letters to each member of the president's cabinet and to the vice president asking that they invoke the 25th amendment of the United States Constitution and remove Joe Biden from his office. I'm also calling on Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi to immediately call Congress back into session to construct a disability review council and assess the president's state. I cannot sit idly by and watch the nation that I love spiral into death and devastation because our leader cannot discharge his duties. When there is no time to wait, the time for action is now. I take no pleasure in sending this request. The gravity of this weighs heavily on me, but I find no other recourse. We must not allow this mentally unstable individual to direct our country for one second longer. The future of our Republic must be guarded. The lives of American citizens must be preserved. The time to act is now. Thank you. God bless you and may God bless these United States of America.
6: Joe Biden has lost the moral authority to lead our troops in this country. This wasn't just a single mistake. This has been a two week long pattern of rampant incompetence and tragically that incompetence has now reportedly cost American lives. And I think that the blood of those dead Americans are on Joe Biden's hands. Joe Biden and his team have been more concerned with protecting their own political asses than protecting our citizens. They've repeatedly lied to the American people and those lies have had tragic consequences. Just days ago, they were assuring us that Hamid Karzai Airport in Kabul was a safe harbor for Americans. And then they even had the gall to infer that Americans who were trapped in that country, surrounded by the enemy, didn't really want to come home. He didn't just bungle this from the beginning. He screwed up every single step of the way from giving up Bagram before getting our citizens out to relying on the word of the Taliban to protect the lives of those Americans. He needs to be removed as commander in chief. And this this is heartbreaking because it did not have to be this way. We could have safely withdrawn our troops and protected our citizens had we had a competent president. But unfortunately- Hello
7: everyone, this is Kathy Barnett. Like you, I have been glued to the television, glued to social media, glued to the newspaper. Watching the devastation, the absolute debacle that is taking place right now in Afghanistan. And let me tell you, I am sick. I am pissed off if I can be a little bit more expressive about how I'm feeling right now. You know, I still remember when I was, you know, at the ripe old age of 18 walking across the military base getting ready to graduate from boot camp and I remember making a very conscious choice that if I was called upon by my nation to go and surrender my life limb and mental capacity I would. And I'm watching what is happening now. I think we're up to 12. Um uh, Marines, uh, 11 Marines and one Navy medic that have that have lost their lives. Um, and I'm sure that they too came to that crossroad as I, as I did long ago. That if I, that if I was called upon, that I would answer the call of my nation to go and defend her and her interests, whether domestic or abroad. And now they have lost their life. And I believe every last one of them could be alive at this very moment if it wasn't for Joe Biden and his incompetence, Joe Biden and the incompetence of his administration, the arrogance of these people. Now, I know some are saying, hey, this is, don't be political. Let's not bring politics into into this. We need to become very sober in our thinking as Americans. Everything is political. There is nothing that is done under the sun that doesn't not have a political bent to it. And the reality is clear. You cannot tell me that Joe Biden was forced to go by some predetermined date of withdrawing our military out of Afghanistan. We saw what he did to the Keystone um, XL. We saw what he did. To uh, reversing the ability of federal lands to issue fracking contracts. We saw what he did with the Paris Agreement and getting back in. We saw what he did or what he is trying to do prociferously and get us back entangled in the Iran deal. We've seen what he has done uh, to our borders, reversing the decision of the previous administration. Had he paid attention to the military intel? Had he asked, from my understanding, he has done zero in our agency investigation of finding out what would have been the cost on the American people, our interest and our goals in Afghanistan, if he just unilaterally started withdrawing our military from that area. From my understanding, he's done none of that. Those deaths and the deaths that are sure to come is 100% in his lap. And let me just also add, we as an American people, we owe uh, those who are willing to lay their lives on the line for our interest, we owe them a great debt of gratitude. Now, I was always combat ready during my 10 years, uh, in the United States Army Reserves. Uh, but by the grace of God, I was never called to go and serve my country, uh, internationally and participate in any of the wars, but I was ready. And to those who are ready, and to those who have laid down their lives and to those who have put themselves in harm's way, we as a nation owe them better than what this administration is doing. From the moment that I am recording this video right now, it's been almost five hours since the bombing um, at Abbey Gate. And and Joe Biden has not said a word. No one from the White House has said a word. No one has taken a question. No one has come out to explain. No one has come out to tell us what what needs to be done. This has been an unmitigated failure. If Joe Biden wanted to botch this exit out of Afghanistan, I can't think of one thing he would have done differently. Everything he has done is exactly what you would do if you want to botch the exit out of Afghanistan. We deserve better. Joe Biden needs to resign. One other thing. There are three interests. I know that we are so focused on what is happening right now. But as we begin to look forward, because at some point we got to start looking forward because the world does not stand still. There are three things that I see that are huge at this moment. One is our interactions with our allies. Right now, um, China had an impromptu meeting with the Prime Minister of Vietnam right before Kamala got there. Uh, After that impromptu meeting, the uh, Prime Minister put out a statement saying that they, in essence, have no allegiance to anyone except for themselves. We heard over the past week um, our European allies say, why are we leaving uh, the, the decisions to withdraw to the United States? We will begin to see people pivot one right after another because who in their right mind will trust America? Trust America to lead the way. When we have someone like Joe Biden at the helm, secondly, we need to begin to start thinking very seriously about the counterterrorism that needs to be done, the counterterrorism that needs to be done with our own eyes and ears on the ground, the counterterrorism that needs to be done uh, among our allies in the region. Again, do we really want to lead that? in the hands of joe biden he has proven to be incompetent to lead this nation joe biden is a mirage of the leadership that we had once before here's another question that i'm hearing so many talking heads asked would things have been different under the previous administration yes and any reasonable, rational individual who are looking, who would come, compare and contrast what we had in the previous administration and what we have today, an honest person who is looking at, at it would also say unequivocally that the situation we find ourselves in today would be radically Different. Let's not forget Daddy. Let's not forget Soleimani. Let's not forget what the previous administration did when the Syrian government gassed uh, her own people. Let's not pretend that we are talking about apples and apples when we compare and contrast the previous administration to this current administration. Things would have been different. I am 100% certain of that. And third, I know we need to get our people out of there. How do we do that? Why is Joe Biden so tied to getting us out by the end of August? Why in the world did he trust the Taliban to protect our interests? Why? Because he is incompetent. He has proven to be incompetent. And I am asking, I am demanding, and the American people should be demanding in one voice. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Yes, I'm a Republican. And no, I did not vote for Biden. But it does not matter at this point. At this point, the world is looking at America, not Democrats, not Republican, not independents. They are looking at America and what our response is going to be. We do not have the right leadership. In office. Now, I cringe a little bit because after Biden comes Kamala, but nonetheless, at this juncture, dealing with what we're dealing with, if everyone wants to focus on the immediate problem, the immediate problem is the Biden administration.